You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Good afternoon. It's great to see you all here, and it's my honor to continue with our current series in the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians written by the Apostle Paul, this amazing book written to the churches in the region of Ephesus. And, you know, I just was thinking, even though this letter was written so long ago, 2,000 years ago or so, isn't it amazing that we can still today, as the church, read it and it can still have life today? that the wisdom that's in it is still applicable for us today. That's what I love about the Word of God. It is alive. It is active. And I remember when my first few months as a new Christian myself, coming across the book of Ephesians and just being really impacted by reading, I was like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. These words are amazing. Now, the truth is I didn't fully understand what I'd read because Paul uses these amazing words, these big revelationary words, and he goes into prayer but it still made me feel joyful inside. You know, that's what the Word of God is. The, the, the Word of God is a unique book. Yeah. It's like no other. It can speak to us. It is alive. It is active, as I just said, and it can transform our lives. And I just want to encourage you, church, have a hunger for the Word of God. Don't settle for just surface level, but go deep. Allow God to change you as you get more revelation from his Word. Amen? Amen. Great. So we've been journey, journeying in this book focusing on our title, This Is Kingdom Living. And in our first few weeks, we looked at a number of different things. We firstly looked at how in Christ we are chosen, how Jesus, how God had chosen us before the foundations of the earth, chosen us in him to be all that he called us to be. Then in week two, we looked at how we've been saved by grace, how God has given us grace, that we have a seat that we don't deserve, but it's all because of his grace that we seat in heavenly places with him. And then in week three, Dr. John Andrews brought a great word in relation to the church, being the church that brings God's kingdom, that we're not just called to sit, but actually to do something, actually to bring the rule and reign of Jesus Christ into the world around us. And then last week, Pastor Martin focused on the first part of chapter four of Ephesians, where Paul changes his approach slightly. So whilst the first few chapters, one to three, focuses more on revelation and doctrine, these great words, these great prayers. But then he, then he switches tack and says, right, now this is how you live in your day to day. This is how you live on your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And he gives us like a, a practical guidance as how we're supposed to live and apply kingdom values in our lives. And we especially looked at unity, maturity, and ministry. And today we're going to look at the remaining, uh, the the rest of chapter 4 and also the first part of chapter 5. And I'm pleased to say that Sue Rhodes is going to read those verses for us. So why don't we welcome up Sue. Let's give her a a warm welcome. And the words will come on the screen. There are some really great words here to help us live out our faith as we should. So... I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, They've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. 
That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality, or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, nor should there be any immoral, impure, or greediness. Such people are idolaters, and they do not have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. 
This is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, so brilliantly read for us. Well, there's certainly a lot there, we can say that. And it would be fair to say we're just going to barely scratch the surface. I won't go through each verse in case you're wondering, but we're just going to scratch the surface of a few things. And there's still so much that we can take out. And in this section, Paul is continuing from where he left off, from what we talked about last week, in relation to the day-to-day living of our lives, what we do day-to-day. However, Paul is quite methodical in the way that he does it. He doesn't just go straight into a load of do's and don'ts. He actually wants the Ephesians to grasp some fundamental truths of their faith first. He doesn't just say, don't do this, don't do that. But actually, he goes in it and says, Look, remember your identity in Christ first. He firstly draws them to some truths that they need to grasp and reminds them of it. Now, how many of us know here that it's good to be reminded of what God has done for us? Yeah. It's important that we're reminded of all that God has done for us. God has shown grace and done amazing things in our lives. And kingdom living is something that we have to be intentional about. And the reason for that is because it's countercultural. You know, what God has done for us, the grace that he's shown us, it is, it goes against the norm. You know, normally we, we, we say you earn what you get, you know, you, you deserve what you've actually earned. But actually, God says different. God gives us grace and gives us what we don't deserve. And because of that, that should draw out a different response from us. Because we've received grace, we then say, we well, you know what, because of that, I'm going to respond differently in the way that I live. Because God has been so gracious to me. And that is countercultural. So we're called to also live countercultural. And it calls a response from us. And from these great words of Paul, there are just three things that I want to bring to our attention today that will help us on this journey of taking this concept of kingdom living. And I hope they bless you. Firstly, remember your identity. Remember your identity. Paul here at the beginning of these verses, he reminds the Ephesians that they are new in Christ. He says this in verse 17. So I'll tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. He's saying this is important. You need to understand what I'm saying here. It's really important you grasp this. I insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Now, the the Ephesians would have understood what that meant. When he talks about Gentiles, he talks about living worldly. Don't live in the worldly way that you once did. The Ephesians would have, before they were converted, they would have understood what he meant by that because they were once far away from God. They were once pagans, living in a pagan world and engaging in that. But now, something has changed. They have become new in Christ. And Paul is reminding them of this. He's saying, look, you are new. And he's saying, look, don't go back to living the way you once did. Don't go back to that life that you once had. This isn't who you are anymore. Don't go back to this life. He's reminding them of their identity in Christ. You see, knowing who we are will impact how we behave. When we know our true identity of what Christ has done for us, it will impact our behavior. 
And this draws out a response in us. You see, willpower alone won't do it. You know, we can say willpower will do, will do a lot of things, but it only takes us so far. But in God, we can change. We can be all that God has called us to be. You see, conversion isn't just a nice experience and a ticket to heaven, although it is those things as well. Something radical takes place when you accepted Jesus. Something changed. You became a new person. Something amazing happened. And Paul gives us a little illustration to explain this between verses 20 and 24 of Ephesians 4. To summarize it, he's basically saying, look, you, you basically took off something old, something you once wore. You took off an old self. That, that's the picture that he gives us in this illustration. And he, actually, in the Greek, the word he uses to take off, it's, it's like taking off a garment or a cloak or a piece of clothing. So this, this is me trying to demonstrate what Paul is saying in a more practical way. This is my old self. My attempt, it's all dirty, it's, it's rotten, it's corrupted, it's, it's all the way through, it doesn't look great, does it? And also, I think I did too much of a good job of making this look bad because I thought I'd put some things on it to make it smell bad, and it stinks. I mean, it absolutely stinks. Now, this is the old self that we once lived in. This is the old way, worldly and corrupted, selfish, fleshly. It dictated our responses. It was sinful through and through. It darkened our thinking. It was depressing. It made us look at circumstances differently. We only cared about ourselves, consumed with sin. It was like a rotten existence. But when the Ephesians and when we accepted Christ, Something amazing happened. Something took place. A change, a radical change took place. You became, we became a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, Paul said this, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. So when, when we became believers, we, we, we took off this old thing, this old thing that we were once wearing, and God gave us something new to put on in Christ. Oh, that's so much better, isn't it? It looks a lot better, doesn't it? Yeah. Suits me, doesn't it? It's great, and it smells a lot better as well. <laughs> just want to pause there for a second. Just want to say this. Only Jesus can do this. Only Jesus can do this. I, you know, we, we go through the motions sometimes as followers of Christ, but I want to say this, and I want, I'm going to preach it to you right now. Our Lord is so powerful. Yeah. King Jesus, there is no one like him. He is matchless. He gives new life. He completely changes our life around. He takes, he take, we take this old thing off and he gives us a new existence. How powerful is that? It is absolutely amazing. And church, I think we need to grasp it a bit more sometimes, that we are new in Christ. He's given us a new identity. It's such a powerful thing and we need to continually remember that. And when we look at conversion, so... This is what happened at conversion. So Paul's talking to the Ephesians saying, look, this is what happened when you accepted Jesus. You took off the old and put on the new. But, so it, it infers, which, which rightly so, that it was a past event. But actually, to put off the old and put on the new, it's also continuous. Yeah. I believe it's in the continuous. Smack bang in the middle of him saying, put off the old and put on the new. He says, you, thought you also should be made new in the renewing of your minds. Now he says that in the continuous, meaning you've got to continue to keep clothing yourself. With Christ, you've got to be intentional about putting off the old and keep putting on the new. We've got to be intentional about this. You see, when I became a Christian, it was a great experience. It was brilliant. It was, it was so good. I did feel new, but I was fresh out of the world. 
That was, I had some behavioral patterns that still needed to be dealt with. I needed to renew my mind. I knew I was new, but there were still some things that I'd learned when I needed to unlearn. Does that make sense? I had to become new also in my mind as well. See, we are saved, but the mind needs renewing daily. There are still natural defaults in place from where we were before. And we have to continually make a commitment to become more like Christ, to be more like him, to be imitators of God. I felt as I was preparing this message, I believe that when we grasp this, when we understand the impact and the power of Christ in us, Christ in me, when we understand that, God is going to break off some old behavioral patterns. He's going to break off some things that have held us captive and go, no, 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 that's not who you are anymore. We're going to get rid of that. That we're no longer going to accept the old way. Because what's it all about? The idea is that we want to be free from this. We're not accepting this. We say, no, 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 that's not who I am anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to live like this anymore. Yes, we are new, but we can so easily go back and default into the old ways. Does that make sense? Yeah. But we've got to be intentional, church. You've got to keep renewing yourself daily in Christ. We must be intentional. And, we're, and what, we're doing, what we're left with then is a daily choice. You know, just like if you were going to put on a coat for the start of the day. Ask yourself, should I pick that up? Am I going to put this one on or am I going to put that one on? We're left with a daily choice. And it's so easy, isn't it, because of who we were before, to just put this thing back on, this old thing, and say, but I'm used to this. I'm used to this identity. This is who I've been for so long. Even though you know you're new, even though you've given your life to Jesus, it's so easy to slip back into the old habits, isn't it? But who can tell? This doesn't look very good. This doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. You can't mix the two. You can't do that. We've got to be aware, church. It's not who you are anymore. It's not who you are anymore. And we need to continually make the daily choice. Say, you know, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. I'm putting that behind me. That life is gone. I'm not that anymore. And as I said earlier, it's not done just by willpower alone. But it's done in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit in us, working in us, renewing us daily. This is how we clothe ourselves. You know, I will regularly just pray. You know, maybe for the start of the day, just say, Holy Spirit, I just invite you in afresh today. Would you renew me from the inside? Would you come into my life? Help me in my actions. Help me in my thoughts today, Holy Spirit, to be more like Christ. This is me clothing myself. This is what I'm doing. I'm clothing myself in Jesus. Also, I read the Word of God. The Word of God is very important, church. I get it in me because that, that affects my mind. If I can get God's thoughts into my mind, then that's a good thing. So I continually say, I'm going to be devoted to putting the word of God in me. This is how we're intentional about clothing ourselves in Christ. We've got to make a choice and say, which one am I going to wear? I'm done with this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go back to that anymore. And then what Paul does in, in this passage, he, he builds on this and then he calls the Ephesians to live differently. So in view of who you are now, knowing that you're new in Christ, knowing your new identity, this is, this is now how you should live and he gives some practical guidelines. It's like he's saying like, your identity then naturally outworks something new. That out of your identity, you're going to live in a different way. And there's a theme that he goes through. When we look at the list of things I'm going to just bring up soon, there's a theme of like purity that he talks about. It's like he's saying, look, you've got to live pure. Out of purity comes as a natural outflow of your new identity, that you need to live pure lives now in Jesus. And he, num- he names a number of things. There are four things that I've picked out, and there were so many things in there. So again, as I said, I'm barely going to scratch the surface of some of these things. But these are four things that I think will be quite relevant for us today and that we should engage with them. This is us knowing what the old is and what the new is. 
when we look at these verses, when we look at what Paul says. So the first thing is this. Let's be pure in speech. Pure in speech. Don't use your mouth for evil, but only for what is helpful. Ephesians 4.29. See, what a challenging thought this is. Paul isn't holding back. Four times in that passage that Sue read for us brilliantly, four times in that passage, Paul mentions how the way we talk or the way that people talk. It's like he's saying, this is so important. The way that you talk, the way you communicate to the people, the way you communicate to fellow man, woman, is so important. It's a sign that you're new. The way that you are, the way that you become, is, is the way that you come across to people, it's so important. You know, we have to watch what we say, church. We have to watch what comes out of our mouth. You know, I, I use, I've used this in the past to help me when it comes to thinking, should I be saying this? Is this something I should be saying? Say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it mean. Shall I say it again? Say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it mean. You've got to ask ourselves, is what I'm about to say, is what I'm about to bring to this person, is this going to help them? Is this going to help them or is it going to hurt them? And church, if it's going to hurt them, don't do it. Don't say it. Just say, you know what? This isn't going to build up. This is going to bring someone down. You know what? I'm not going to say it. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I'm trying to always continually build up. You know, you have the ability to speak words of life or death. You can speak life into someone or you can speak death and destroy them just a little bit more. And we've got to make a choice. Which one are we going to choose? Are we going to go to the old way or are we going to engage with the new self that we are in Christ? In fact, the word that Paul uses for unwholesome talk or evil talk. In the Greek, it's expressed as rotting fruit talk, like, like rotten fruit or rotten wood. And that's, that's the way he's trying to say it. Like, don't talk bad fruit to people. Does it remind you of something? This, 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 this way, this rotting way. Don't, don't go back to that rotten talk. This isn't who you are anymore. You're called to talk in a different way. You're called to communicate in a different way to people. There's a number of things that I could have uh, focused on today when it talks about communicating to other people, but I, I felt like I needed to speak into this today. Uh, social media. You know, it's such a big thing. It's everywhere. You know, you, some of you here might be bloggers. Some of you may be tweeters. Some of you may want to put things on Facebook, and that's fine. That's great. But I just want to just challenge you today. Think about what it is you post. Ask yourself the question. You know, Social media is used so much to hurt people. You see through everything in politics, in general views, people are always trying to hurt people through social media. But church, let's be different. Let's make a decision to say, we're not going to do that. That, that, that. That's of that. That's not us anymore. Wouldn't it be amazing if we made a choice as the church to say, anything that I put on social media is only going to build up. Just allow that vision, allow that picture to sink into your heart. Imagine what that would look like if the church says, all I'm ever going to do when I post on social media is build people up. Imagine how we could impact the world around us. Imagine, you know, social media that is sometimes used and a lot of the time used for darkness. We say, you know what, we're going to use it to bring the light of God. We're going to speak good things. We're going to edify people. We're going to help people. We're not going to destroy them. You see, it's about living differently, isn't it, church? Living according to our new identity, saying, I'm, I'm, that's not me. I'm not going to live like that. But actually, this is who I am now. I'm going to live different. I'm going to speak to people in a way that Christ would want me to speak to people. Let's bring light into these dark places. Secondly, let's be pure in our work. Don't steal, but work to give. Ephesians 4.28. 
Now let's be true and honest in our work, in the way that we are. Let, let's be honest in it. And even if you're not working or if you're a student, just whatever it is that God has given you in your hand to steward, be true with it. Be honest. Yeah, but have a generous disposition. Continue to be one of those people that is generous. Let's have a different way of organizing and using what God has given us. And it's so easy for us to minimize these things, isn't it? To say, well, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, have you ever um, borrowed something from work but never given it back? Well, you're not really borrowing it then, are you? <laughs> have a look at your DVD collection at home. How many of them are actually yours? Have you ever borrowed them and just never given it back, going, oh, okay, but it's not a big deal, but actually, I'm not trying to make a big thing out of a small, out of a small issue, but let's watch our behavior. Let's watch the way we are. You know, don't, let, don't let put the picture that we're people that are, that are kind of like, you know, we, we take all the time, but actually that we're one of the, those that, are give, that give, that are generous. You know, we can easily fall into these bad habits, and we can say, everyone does it. Everyone does it, it's fine. But church, are we, are we everyone? Are we everyone? Are we called to be different? What what are you wearing? What what are you wearing? No, we're wearing something different. We're now clothed in Christ. Allow that to motivate the way that you are, the way that you live, and the way that you are with people in terms of your disposition. Work to 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 bring good to those around us. Let's help those who are in need. Instead of pursuing dishonest gain, let's be a generous church which looks out for each other and wants to serve each other. Also, let's be pure in our emotions. Let's be pure in our emotions. Don't sin in anger, but be gracious. Ephesians 4, 26 and 31 to 32. Martin mentioned this last week when he talked about the way that we come across to people when we don't forgive people. Let's not harbor resentment. Let's let's continue to live a life that that God has called us to live. Let's let's be gracious with people. Let's not harbor resentment or anger in our hearts. You know, we live in a world, you've seen what's happened in our nation recently. We live in a world where hatred and anger causes collateral damage. It's causing so much damage around us, but we've got to be called to be different. We can say, you know, I'm not going to harbor anger within us, but I'm going to respond differently. So I believe God wants to break off some things that may have been on us funny thing I wanted to share with you actually is when I was growing up, a lot of people would say, oh, you know the Chans, so our family, my dad's side of the family, they would say, they're just hot, they're hot-headed people. It's just the way that they are. They're very, they're very easily angered. And, you know, I used to just think, oh, yeah, that's just the way. The truth is, you know, we don't like losing. We, we, we don't like losing. And we tell people we don't like losing. We didn't like the fact that you beat me there. And I remember people saying, you know, You've got that trait in you, John, when you was growing up and saying, that's, that's kind of uh, the family way. There. You know, we, that's just the way we are. We're a little bit stubborn sometimes. This is the way we are. But I remember thinking, as I became a Christian, no. God hasn't called me to, to, to live under a name that someone's given me. Yeah, I love my family. I love being a Chan. Just want to clarify that. It's good. I love my family. However, I'm not going to accept that name. Because when I became a follower of Christ, I became someone different. I'm going to live for his values, not anything else. I believe that when we change, I believe that when we know our new identity in Christ, it's going to break generational patterns of behavior. It can be that powerful that it can change generations when we know our identity in Jesus. But we've got to grasp it. We've got to be intentional and say, this is, I'm going to make a decision. That's not who I am anymore. That's not who I am anymore. I'm going to live in a different way. We respond differently. You know, do we respond or do we react? We've got to ask ourselves, but we're called to be pure in how we respond, in control. And also, I want to just point this out as well. There is a difference between righteous anger and, uh, and unrighteous anger. So 
anger in sin or sin in anger, but also righteous anger is, a, is, a, is, is an okay thing. You know, we want to be, have a zealous for the things of God. God is zealous for us. God is a zealous God, and therefore it's okay to have righteous anger. I just wanted to make that point as well. And fourthly, let's be pure in sexuality. Don't distort, but enjoy God's gift, Ephesians 5.3. Now, Paul is, Paul is quite passionate about this. He, he doesn't mince his words. He says, there should not even be a hint, not even a hint of sexual immorality among you. In fact, even another way of wording it is the word sexual immorality shouldn't even be named among you. He's very clear. He's not, he's not mincing his words. And it would have been just really easy for me to avoid this in the preach. You know, as I was looking through what I'm going to preach, oh, you know, the sexual immorality bit, I'll just put that aside. You know, I don't want to talk about that. However, we live in a society today where this is so relevant. We live in a society where they're so far away from what Paul is calling us to. And therefore, we have to hear what the word of God is saying and not what the world is saying. We have, if we're going to live counterculture, we've got to look at the whole of the word of God and what it says and engage with it and apply it to our lives. God has designed sex to be enjoyed within biblical marriage. And we shouldn't compromise on this. We shouldn't compromise. Now, we live in a society today which is, is a, it has a picture of something so different. This word was written to the Ephesians 2,000 years ago. Part of the Ephesians in the pagan world that they were in all that time ago is that they understood that sexual practices was part of worship in their pagan ways. Some of them would have engaged in that. That was the world that was around them. And when they became Christians, they obviously had to understand that that wasn't for them anymore. But how relevant is that word for us today as well? <laughs> that actually we're called to be different in a world where sexual practices and things like that are just they're completely in a different place to where we, where we know we should be as followers of Christ. And we have to understand this, what we're called to live differently. It's a challenging command, church, but it's still necessary. When we talk about sexual immorality, it can look different today. It can look different in many different ways, whether it be the way we act or the way we behave, the way we dress, the way we talk to the opposite sex. You know, is it, is it flirting? or even what we choose to watch, what we feed our eyes. You know, what, what we feed our eyes will affect our behavior. What we put in us, remember I talked about putting the word of God in you, putting that in, but what, what you feed your eyes can affect your behavior, can affect your thinking, it can change the way you see things. Pornography is something that is accepted today in our society. It is so accessible, and church, we have to be aware of its damaging consequences. We can't just accept it and ignore it. It distorts our view of the opposite sex. It's addictive in nature. And it can carry a sense of condemnation and shame, which gets in the way of our walk with God, which gets in the way of us walking in the new life that he's given us. It would have been so easy for me today to not talk about this issue, but as I was preparing this word this week, it's like the Holy Spirit said, no, you've got to talk about this. You've got to talk about it. It's relevant for our context. It's relevant for where we are in the world that we're in today. So the Holy Spirit has his way. Yeah. The Holy Spirit rules. Yeah. He commands. And that's why I feel it's important that I brought this today. And actually, in bringing this, I do believe that there may be some people here today as well who, who need to hear this. You see, it's not about just showing people up, but what's it about? It's about getting free from this. 
saying, I'm not accepting that way of life. Uh, you know, it, it, this, type of, this type of addiction, it can hold you captive. And you think there's no way out. But, but we're not gonna, we, we want to be free, don't we? We want to be free in Jesus. We want to say, I'm not, I'm not going to live that way anymore. I don't want to be held captive by this. Things need to be brought into the light, in Jesus' light, so that we can be set free. You know, if you're struggling with this, I encourage you as a start, talk to someone. Talk to a trusted friend, maybe someone in your life group, but don't struggle or suffer in silence. That's not what the enemy would want you to do, to think this is my own secret shameful, I'll just keep it to myself. No, no, God wants to set you free. God wants you to live in the light that he has for you, the life that he has for you. Let's seek freedom in Christ. And also, if you want more information about how you can get help with this area, there's a charity, a Christian charity called the Naked Truth Project, and the website's just gonna come up now on the screen. And it's designed to help people who are dealing and battling with this issue anonymously, so it's confidential, just so that we can get free. So that people can get free, not think they've just gotta cover this up, but actually God brings it into the light and then changes lives. Let's take this stuff seriously, church. Moving on to my third point, and my last point. Use what you have wisely. You know, it's great that we understand that in Christ, we have a new identity, we've been redeemed, that's brilliant, we've been set free. But actually, redemption is more than just that. Yes, redemption means we've been set free. We have been redeemed, recreated, but you are also repurposed. God gives you a new mandate, a new wisdom to live by. And this is our responsibility to take care of. Again, there's so many things that I could have said here. Paul mentioned so many things, but I'm just gonna touch upon one of these verses, well, two of these verses here for us today. In Ephesians 5, 15 to 16, he says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And what I think he's basically saying here is, look, live wisely. Whatever your gift is, you don't know how long you've got. Use what you have for God's kingdom. Engage with the gift that God has given you. You, know, you don't know how, you, how, you, how long you've got. Make the most of the opportunity you have now to live for God's kingdom. Watch how you live. Don't neglect your calling. You know, this list that we went through, it isn't just Paul finger-wagging at us saying, don't do this, don't do that. But what I think he's also saying is, look, this, these things that you were once doing, you know, don't waste your time on this anymore. Don't waste your time on stuff you did there for. No, take hold of the new life you have in Christ. Take hold of the new purpose that Jesus has given you and run with that. Don't run with this anymore. This isn't who you are anymore. And sometimes we have to let go in order to take hold. We have to let go of this to take hold of the opportunity that God gives us and say, I'm done with that. I'm not wasting my time living like that anymore. I'm living in the, in the new person I am now for my new calling, my new purpose that God has given me, the new mandate that he's given you. I'm not gonna waste my time on this. It will involve sacrifice, just to say that as well. Getting rid of that, getting rid of the old ways and living for God, it can be painful. God can do some surgery in us because that's some gentle surgery because some of the things are so ingrained in us. But God, God wants to set us free. He wants us to take the new path that he has for us. Therefore, we say, I'm not having anything to do with that. I'm not going to touch that anymore. You see, time. (laughs) 
It's going every second. It's been the same ever since it started. You know, we can think to ourselves, it's going quicker. We go, it's a Wednesday, but it feels like a Tuesday. <laughs> we think it's going quicker, but actually, it's just going. And you've got to ask yourself, is what I'm doing now, is what I'm living for now, is it a good use of my time? Is it kingdom living? Is it living for God or is it something else? You know, use what you have wise. You've got to engage in the gift that God has given you to bring his kingdom. You know, I once lived for myself. This, this life message for me, it just speaks to me so much as well because I once lived a worldly way. I once lived in the way that I wanted to live and I put my own desires into what I wanted to do. I used my own gifts for my own personal gain. But when I became a follower of Jesus, when I gave my life to him, it was like, I just knew, I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to use my gifts to serve Jesus. I'm going to serve his purpose. I'm going to live for his kingdom. I'm going to, God is going to repurpose me. You know, I believe he said this to me recently. He said, he said to me, Jonathan, I'm going to forge you from what you were before into a heavenly weapon to bring the kingdom of God into the, into the places that you go. You know, I, I believe he put that on my heart. And I, it made me, just reminded me, God, you are so amazing. You can repurpose broken things and take them to be your weapons, to go into those places of darkness and bring the light of Jesus into a broken world that so needs us. And I wanna encourage you, church, engage with what your gift is. I don't know what it is. It doesn't need to be complex. You don't need to you know, say, I'm gonna give up my job and go to Africa or Asia on mission. It doesn't need to be like that. It can start here. What is your gift? What is it that you wanna do? What is it that God's given you that is good? What is it that, that pleases God for you to do? It could be simple. It could be, I don't know, maybe you like baking cakes. I don't know, it could be anything. If you're, a, if you're a mean baker, if you're great at baking cakes, maybe you're gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna use this talent to bless the body of Christ. I don't know, you might say once a month, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a family who, who, who I feel God puts in my heart, I'm gonna give them a cake and go, yeah, I just wanted to bless you with this, but use your talent for God, yeah? Use your talent, use your God-given talent for God. Maybe it's building Ikea furniture. Don't ask me, I don't like doing Ikea furniture. But maybe it is. Maybe you're great at building. Maybe you can say, you know what, I'm going to offer my services out to people. In, in the time that I have, I'm going to say, you know, if you want help, I'm going to bless people who need, to, need help with building things. I don't know. It could be anything. Maybe you've got a heart for the elderly. Maybe the Good Neighbours Project is something you want to get involved. And if so, speak to Florence. Get involved. If you want to use your gift, use it. Don't waste time. Start engaging with it. You see... Whatever it is, we have to use it wisely. Our new identity and our new purpose is so that we can shine God's light into a dark world, into the dark place and say, you know what, I'm done with that. But I'm gonna live for the purpose and the mandate that he's given me. And I'm gonna live solely for him to bring his kingdom. This is what kingdom living is about, is using our time for him so that God will influence and bring his light, his reign and impact the people around us. So we've talked about remember your identity. Remember your identity in Christ. Live a life of purity. Make sure that you live a life of purity. Now that you know what your identity is, live it out. Live it out in a pure way. And use what you have wisely. Use the gifts that God has given you to bring his kingdom, to bring his rule and his reign. Why don't we all stand? going to pray for us. I'm just going to pray 
If that, this has resonated with you in any way, just going to pray that God would just impact you by knowing who you are in him. That through this word, God would give you a new perspective. That he would, he would make you see the new identity you have in him and that you would live a pure life in him and that you would be purpose for him. Lord, we thank you, God, for your truth. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God, that in you, Jesus, we put off the old and we put on the new. We fling off the old and we put on the new. And Jesus, I just pray today for all these people here, whether there may be an area in their life, God, whether it be an area they're struggling with, with regards to where their identity in you or patterns of behavior that need to be broken off, I speak the blood of Jesus over right now. I pray they'll be broken off in Jesus' name. I pray they would know the identity that you've given them. That, Lord, that the old is gone and that the new has come. That they would act out and live a life in that new identity. That that identity would transform us. That we'd be committed to the renewing of our mind in you, Jesus. That through this, God, you would do amazing things. You would continue, Lord, to use us as your heavenly weapons, God. As your heavenly beings, God, Lord, to, to bring your kingdom into every sphere of society. I pray, Lord, transform us. Lord, where there are areas of compromise, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you put your finger on that now? To minister to your people now. There are areas that we need to get right, God. I pray, Lord, that we'd be convicted and that we'd make the adjustments, God, because, Lord, we want to live for you, that we want to engage in the life that we have in you, Lord, the new life, that we're saying, Lord, the old way is not who we are anymore, but we're going to engage with you and the life that you've given us, God. So I pray right now, Lord, help us, Lord, as we take every step, take a new step today. May today be a new day for some people. May today be the start of maybe a new day that will be renewed and repurposed for the bringing of your will and your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.